Welcome back to Dad Ventures. I did it weird just to mess you up. We're back for another thrilling, exciting, nonsensical week of adventure. Dad Venture. Of Dad Venture. Ooh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of did that on purpose. I see. Um, Are you ready to do another continuation of Kia's story? I am. Yes, you are. All right. Well, dun, dun, dun. Um, just a quick reminder to everyone that we're still looking for more listeners. We're still looking for more people to come check us out. So if you're liking the show, give us a shout on social media. Hashtag Adventurous Podcast. We got all the social medias. Instagram seems to be our main one. So we're going to we're focusing on that. But anything we like it all. Also, we like, like it us. All. Listen to us on whatever podcasts you get your podcasts. <laughs> That's not <laughs> how that should be said. Ah, you know what I'm saying. Give us a review, all that stuff. We just want to keep growing. So thanks for those who are listening, and hopefully we'll have new listeners soon. Woo! Are you ready to recap? Should we introduce ourselves first? <laughs> Oh yeah, why don't you start? <laughs> I forgot. Um, I'm the daughter. Uh, I play Kia, a Tabaxi Ranger, Horizon Walker, um, otherwise known as a Rummager, who well rummages for past world tech. And I am Ta-da. the dad. What was that? Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> I am the dad. I am the dungeon master of Dadventure. There we go. S? No, just of Dadventure. <laughs> um, we will be going on a Dadventure today. And uh, I play everybody else, and you get to listen to all my awful voiceovers. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready for this recap? Yep. Last week, when we played, you showed up. I mean, I guess it was two weeks ago, but you showed up at... Retail Ruins. And upon showing up at Retail Ruins, you found yourself looking at a little bit of a window into the past. You found a warehouse. I'm not sure. She's wiggling her fingers. <laughs> and providing effects. Keep going. Silent effects. <laughs> yeah. The podcast audio really appreciates uh... silent effects. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, uh, we stumbled onto this ruin of an old Kia building. Because <laughs> the eye was missing. The uh, eye was on the ground. It was on the ground. And uh, you found your way right into the entrance where you felt that familiar pull of a surged artifact, something inside of you. And you found in the small little room a very bright lamp. And this lamp was pushing out this feeling of that surged artifact. But before you could react, you were attacked by pass out bugs. Slash, uh, 
Surge scarabs. Yep. And but I still like calling them Paso bugs. <laughs> <laughs> so many that you were not able to resist, and bites and scratches and all sorts of things Ow. landed on your body, as well as flibbits. And you did what the bug's name implies, which Pass is out. passed out. <laughs> and we were treated to a flashback of Kia's previous life. A flashback episode. Yeah, two episodes, actually. And uh, we dove into what it was like for Kia the cat. Not the tabaxi, but the cat. Before a wild magic storm had turned her into this variant, this humanoid version of a cat person, we have the story of Kia the cat inside an old furniture warehouse store named Kia. (laughs) (laughs) You mean I, Kia? (laughs) And uh, you were having a pleasant day until... Suddenly, I ate a goldfish. You ate a goldfish, (laughs) and a storm rolled overhead, but it was not a normal storm. It was a wild magic storm. And after that, we had two episodes of crazy misadventure and chaos as you escaped your way through this Ikea. (laughs) And then finally, as you escaped, we got to meet a little bit of the time that you became a variant and the time that you met Gunther, who found you... With a dumbbrella. With a dumbbrella <laughs> hiding from the rain in the wild magic storm. As you awoke, <laughs> you found yourself no longer at the Ikea. You found yourself no longer surrounded by surge scarabs. You don't know what happened, but you awoke on the deck of a ship. But this ship was not like a standard one because as you came to, there was a half-orc woman standing over you by the name of Beryl, and she helped you up to your feet. Flibbit was still passed out. And you looked out over the horizon into the airship horizon that you were on. You were floating above the air, above the ground, (laughs) and you could see the remnants of retail ruins disappearing behind you, Beryl now saving you. And she told you she was going to take you to Briarport. And that is where we are now. On an airship. On an airship. It's probably closer to late afternoon, early evening. Beryl is this Big, tall, half-orc woman, big, burly, but um, wearing a leather apron and has fingers all stained with different chemicals and (laughs) inks and has a bandolier across her chest full of vials of liquids. Mm. And a pirate hat? Huh? I believe we agreed she had a pirate hat. She has a pirate hat. Yes. Okay. I'm uh, on an airship. Is Flibbit still passed out? Did he, he is wake still up? passed out. He has not woken up. I go over and, uh, well, do the equivalent of uh, shaking somebody awake or try to, uh, shaking, uh, shaking a humanoid awake, but on a floating jellyfish on a flump, I try to get him to wake up. Um, I think he. You hear his little. Jowls flapping. <laughs> he's going. <laughs> Every time you shake him, but nothing's Fli- happening. Uh, Flibbit. No, I don't want any more. Flibbit. No more ice cream. <laughs> and he's just, uh, he's talking Flibbit. in his unconscious state. What is ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> You don't know. Uh, Beryl <laughs> leans down and she goes, "Hey kid, don't worry. He'll he'll get up eventually. The the bugs, those scarabs, um, they kind of do this to you, but it, just give him time. 
I've seen that. No, you've had you've been you've had that problem before. Mm-hmm. Well, well, aren't you not by not as many, but well, aren't you well traveled? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, I'm Beryl Beryl Grom, and she puts out a big old meaty half orc hand, uh, probably like three times the size of your palm. Uh, I shake it. I'll shake well, it. Try to shake it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she shakes it, and she goes. Um, Listen, uh, sorry I couldn't get there quicker. Looked like you had kind of a scarab problem, but uh, we got out of there, and and she pats a little flintlock pistol on her belt (laughs) uh, to uh, get you out of there. So I just operated quickly. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you know where Maud is? uh, You know, I got about two days ago... I got a message from her. She mentioned something. It, it was broken about uh, trap and uh, about bloodhounds, and that she was near retail ruins. So I came, but um, she's always been the best of us. Best of? There's more of you. Yeah, they're our old crew anyway. Me and me and Beryl and uh, well, and Harwick. Me and Beryl. I'm sorry. Me and Maud <laughs> and uh, and Harwick. Har. Oh, Harwick. Wow. Roll me a history or investigation check. 12. 12? On history. Or wait, wait. Actually, no, it wouldn't matter. History and investigation, it's the same. Okay. 12. That's, that's plenty. Uh, Maud, Beryl, Harwick, the MBH doors that you saw yeah. in the thing. Uh, you only looked at mods, but those are the other two yeah. of this crew. I, um. Is my uh, backpack. Still on me? Yeah, all your stuff's still on you. She just pulled you out. Okay. I uh, I reach inside and pull out the little box with the little uh, vial with the little note that says from B. Oh. And hey. Is this yours? Well, I mean, it's Maud's. I gifted it. How'd you get this? Maud gave me permission to go into her cache. Maud gave... How'd you manage that? She's very protective of that. I sort of saved her life. Really? How's that? Well, do you know the scrape? Yeah, and out near Map's Edge? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so there's this big scraper in there. We call it a scrape-clops. And it was guarding this big surge diadem. Um, and Maud was attacked by that. And so I helped her by grabbing her pack. Uh, grabbing her pack and giving her a healing potion and helping her get out with the surge diadem. Hmm. She was pretty hurt. Well, I guess I should give you a double thanks, kid. You saved one of my friends. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know that. And she looks probably over your shoulder at the bow that was in there, too. Yeah. And she looks at it and she's like, oh, yeah, that looks like one of mods, too. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> You must have really helped her out. Uh, yeah, no, I make, I, uh, I make supplies for, uh, for rummagers. And she kind of looks off and kind of avoids eye contact with you a little bit. And, uh, and she goes, yeah, no, I, uh, I made that for Maude a while back. Just in case she needed it. And she, like, goes up and she starts, like, affecting the hot air balloon style ignition and guiding the ship. And turning her back to you. Oh, well, well, what 
What is it? Oh, uh, it's a liquid that I made in my lab that has some interesting properties. Uh, <laughs> I rolled insight. Okay. Uh, and I got an 18. An 18, yeah. <laughs> she's she's avoiding telling you the truth. Not that she's lying per se, <laughs> but she's actively avoiding Beating telling you the, the truth. Beating around the bush. Yeah. Uh, I go up in front of her. And, okay, and she again. looks down at you. And I'm like, I'm much shorter than she is, yeah. but uh, I try to be as intimidating as possible of a cat can be. Uh, <laughs> and, All right. Um, and I say, what did you give Maud? Oh, it's not like that. She gets a little flustered. Can you roll an intimidation check? <laughs> Five. Five. Uh, she's not intimidated by you, but she does feel a little guilty. She's like, it's, it's not like that, it's not like that. Look, Maud, uh, she's a bit of a rummager. Oh, yeah. Uh, she does other things, too, and certain things that I give her help her do those things. Look, kid, you don't want to <laughs> know. You don't really want to know, do you? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right, well. I'm very nosy like that. <laughs> Look, look, I got a pretty cool piece of past world equipment back in my lab. And uh, years ago, I figured out how to use it to combine different chemicals, different things, and create these potions and do stuff. This particular one makes you a little harder to see. Oh. Only difference is, is you got to rub it all over yourself first. Oh. Okay. And, uh... Maud liked this wet. stuff on occasion. She used it for things. I don't like getting wet. It's not like, it'd be like an oil. It'd be like yeah. a lotion. Yeah, still. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's up to you. Um, I, I change the subject and say, so was the, um, was that cash, uh, there, your, your guys's cash, was it, did it used to be used by someone else? Oh, are you talking about the Z door? Maybe. What do you? What do you? Uh, yeah, you're talking about the Z door, right? Okay, fine. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And um, the blown up one. Yeah, we found that place like that. We never got into the Z door. It was barred up tight, and uh, Maud always said it wasn't a good idea anyway. So we we just left it alone. We used what we could, what was already there. Did you? Ever try to open it and uh, look inside? Nope. Maud always suggested against it. She found the place years ago. Um. Want to know what was inside? You you looked inside. Well, I mean, it wasn't easy. I got blown back to the to the opposite wall, but yes. Okay. Z stands for czar. And you see her eyes go wide. And, uh, and she, like, accidentally is holding the accelerator a little too long <laughs> as you say that. And you guys start rising and rising and rising and rising. She's like, oh, oh. Uh, and um, inside, there's a banner with a bloodhound on it. You mean to tell me that all those years we've been using that stash, behind that door is a stash or something... Of the leader of the bloodhounds? I think so. 
It also had lots of chests in it. Oh, and you should see her. She puts her head in her hands, and she's just looking a little, a little unnerved about that. Oh, man. There's also a blown-up door. Yeah, I know, I know. We saw those. Those were there. That was before our time. Oh. But, um, oh, man, Maud's always getting into stuff. <sighs> Who knows? All I know is we got to figure out where she's at, and if there's now two connections to the Bloodhounds and Maud, well, let's just say we got to get to Briarport and I can ask around. Okay. How far is it? Oh, no, it shouldn't be an issue. We'll be getting there uh, probably right before the sun goes down. That fast? We are in an airship. I just wasn't I wasn't in Briarport when I got the call from Maud. Oh. I was north, so it took me a little longer to get here. Okay. But Briarport's close. We can get there and get you all cured up, and maybe your friend there will uh, wake up by then. Okay. Uh... Do you know anybody who makes flapjacks? <laughs> Best flapjacks in the whole town. Uh, I got to look at my list of things in Briarport. <laughs> Hawkbeak Inn. Fiona cooks them up real nice. That's good, because when Flibbit wakes up, he'll be wanting some of those. Perfect. And she starts, you know, getting the airship control going again. It's pretty small. It's like a, it's like a hot air balloon style. Um, but instead of like a big balloon shape up high, it's more of a rocket shape, you know, where it's pointed forward. Yeah. And she has probably a couple different things to control. And I think now that you've kind of calmed down and come out of it, like, this is impressive. This is something yeah. like you've never seen before. You've never flown. You've never seen an airship uh, like this. It, this is some pretty serious ingenuity from someone. And as you look at the, like, flames, you can tell that they're, like, um, little canisters of old past world, like, hairspray <laughs> and, like, a torch. And when she's, like, going, it's shooting, like, liquid up and creating this, like, fire thing. It's not, wow. it's not anything, it's not anything past world magical. It's created. I say, this is impressive. Where'd you get this? Oh, this? Oh, I, I made it. Well, we made it. Maud and Harwick helped me. Oh. But it was my design. Cool. Yeah. Helped us get around a lot. Helped us uh, get to where we needed to go when we were rummaging a lot more. Nowadays, I just use it to uh, make trade runs, things oh. like that. Now, listen, the only thing I got to tell you is that uh, I feel like I should let you know something important about being up here in this hot air balloon. So I'm sure you noticed that we're flying. Yeah. I'm sure you noticed that there's a uh, flame involved. Mm hmm And uh, I'm sure you noticed that we're up here pretty high. Uh, have you ever noticed anything else up here in the sky that also has flame? No. Not... Are you hinting at... Are you saying <laughs> right, that... Right. You say that and you don't quite finish it. Uh, you hear a very distant roar. And, uh, You're saying there's actual dragons up here? Well, and so he is probably... You talked to Cabot about yeah. a dragon, right? You've heard of dragons. You've Maybe you've even seen one. I don't know. I, I think I've probably not seen one, you don't but think so? I, okay. I think I've probably heard about them from Cabot and Gunther. And yeah, you've heard about them. You know they exist. They're not, they're not really well known in terms of like where they go or what they do. 
because they generally keep to the skies, unlike other fantasy worlds where there might be like hordes of things and stuff like that, and places where the dragons have nests. You guys don't really know where they go because they keep to the skies. Only problem is, is that they like their skies for them. <laughs> and Beryl goes, yeah, yeah, uh, it's a pretty constant problem. Usually I'm able to uh, do this during the day and uh, we stay a little bit more hidden with the sunlight. I don't know what it is, but I think they are drawn to the uh, to the fire as well. I've always kind of theorized that maybe, and there's another roar and in the distance that, uh, I don't know if they think we're another dragon or something like that, but they tend to get a little territorial. And uh, she <laughs> and she taps on your shoulder and points behind you, and you turn around and you see probably two miles off, three miles off, you see the very distinctive flapping of a decently large purple dragon. Why? <laughs> That's just what Kia says. And uh, Flippa goes, ice cream is delicious now, but I don't want, I can't eat anymore. <laughs> and he's still passed out. <laughs> what is ice cream, Flippa? <laughs> uh. And you see Beryl go into like full on ship captain mode. She starts activating more of these aerosol cans. She starts dropping some of them on one side. So you guys start tilting. And as she tilts down on the ship and starts heading down lower, she's like, we can lose them. Maybe if we go down lower, the sun's starting to set. The purples and pinks of this sunset are happening. And um, the this dragon is just flapping and flapping and flapping. And it is coming closer to you. Ah. Uh- so, Beryl, uh, how uh, sturdy is this ship? Oh, she's a good old ship, but uh, dragons are dragons. And uh, uh. she starts to dive down uh, towards the ground. Okay. So dragons don't take kindly to people being nope. in their sky domain, right? Yeah. And so the sun's starting to set. And as you look back again, getting prepared however you want, this purple dragon is flying towards you guys from the stern. And she goes, all right, brace for impact. And uh, Impact? Yep, and right at about that time. I dig my claws into the... Into the yep. You dig in, and right at about that time, the dragon finally collides into the balloon, gets close enough, flap, 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 and grabs on to the bucket like basket you guys are in and I need you to roll initiative. The bucket? <laughs> yep. Four. Okay. The dragon maybe because it makes the most sense goes first. You go last. This is not trying to get the my claws out of the wood. Yeah. So I'm going to let you decide how to deal with this but the dragon is not necessarily coming for you. It's coming for As the ship. As it lands on the ship claws in the basket, it reaches up and tears a hole in the fabric of the balloon. And uh, and then it looks like it's going to rear back and do it again for its turn. So for its turn, it reaches up, claws a tear through that. You feel a shudder in the ship. You start listing to one side really hard and you start almost a little bit falling out of that. So, Beryl's turn. Mm-hmm. She goes, 
kid, I gotta control this. You gotta get up there and fix that tear. And um, and she goes, I'll get rid of the dragon. And she takes one of those aerosol cans and turns it so that it's facing out. And she like blasts fire into the face of this dragon, which it's not going to do anything, but the dragon roars and lets go of the ship and backs off. Okay. So it's your turn. So it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be combat. It's up to you how you want to do this. But there's a tear in the fabric. She wants you to go deal with it. Uh, is Flibbit secured in any way? I think so. I would think so. Okay. She, that's probably one of the things she would have done. So if he, uh, so if we uh, tilt, for instance, he probably won't roll yeah, off I'll the deck. Yeah, I'll say she like reached over and and slapped a rope around him, okay. tied to the deck. He's probably gonna start. He's probably flopping around, kind of funny, but he's a squishy jellyfish yeah. creature. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I glance at him, muttering about whatever ice cream is, and uh, I think. Are there any, like, ropes, rigging, uh, spots to get up? Yeah, so as you look up, um, you know, make me a perception check. Six. Six? And it's not like you can't see up there, you miss something, but you can't quite tell where the tear is. You're going to have to just climb. You look up into where she's blasting fire. It's getting a little smoky and everything. It's hard to see up there, and you know it's going to be hot. But there is a rigging to get up on the interior of the structure of this balloon. Okay. And you could climb up the inside. I think I rush to that. Is barrel, like, is that where the flame is? Kind of. You, you'd be able to get up. Without burning myself? Yeah, yeah. There's a structure attaching to the balloon and all that. Okay. So you dash up that. I dash up that. Uh, don't know quite how big it is if I'd be using all my movement to you get up would, there. Yeah, so basically I would say that the balloon is probably about 100 feet long. Okay. And 20 feet wide. And so, but the structure on the inside just kind of goes up right in the middle. Okay. And so you go up, you use most of your movement to clamber up there because you're climbing. Oh, wait, no, you can climb normal speed, right, as mm-hmm. a tabaxi. So you... I can climb 30 feet. Yeah, so you do your 30 feet up. And by getting up in there and looking around, you can see where the tear is. It's towards the stern a little bit. You think you could probably dangle from the rafters and um, grab this patch kit that Beryl tosses up to you. She tosses up a patch kit to you, and she says, slap that on. And you can do that. Basically, it's going to be an acrobatics check uh, to get over there. Is it smoky in here? Yes, it is. Would I, Would it be possible to stay low? <laughs> Kind, not really, because mm. of the scaffolding. Okay. And so that will be something on your next turn. Mm. Um, so if you would like to try to patch it, you yes. got to make an acrobatics check to get over to it first. 13. DC's only 12, so that was good. <laughs> so you scramble over there, maybe not super gracefully, but you scramble over there, tuck your feet up on the bar, and you lean down, upside down, to reach this terror part in the fabric. Pulling out the patch kit, slapping it on there. Can you just roll me a D20? And since you pass the save, you get to add plus two. 20. A 20? Non-natural. Okay. Never having done this before, but you've probably you've probably done some weird past world stuff before in your yeah. life. You pull this kit out. It's like this gooey fabric <laughs> that has an s- adhesive on one side, and you just like roll it out, slap it on the scratch, and uh, that is your turn 
in terms of your action and movement? Do you have a bonus action you want to do or no? Um, is this, how far away is this dragon? So as you... And would it be possible to fight it? Yeah, for sure. Like, do you damage to it? Yeah, yeah, it was your choice. Mm -hmm. Um, As you drop down back to the deck, uh, you see the dragon's probably 50 feet, maybe 40 feet behind the boat. We'll just say as a bonus action, you drop back down to the deck and you see the dragon back behind you. The dragon roars angrily and it is going to rush in and uh, aim for barrel. And it's going to land on the deck of the ship again, wrapped onto the side, and go for an attack against barrel. As she pulls out her flintlock pistol, she is actually able to reach up and deflect the blow from the dragon. And she, like, spins her flintlock pistol around cool. The dragon's claw comes in and goes, ting. And as you kind of notice... strong pistol. She's a strong lady. And also, as you notice this now, now that the chaos and stuff has calmed down a little bit, you look and this dragon is is actually pretty small. It's not a full-size super dragon. And it is able to kind of, like, hold onto the side of the basket. It's probably... It's still big, but it's probably only about... 10 feet tall hmm. and 20 feet wide at wingspan. So it's so nothing. It's not, it's not a big dragon. No. It's not a normal sized no. dragon. It is a dragonling, dragon teenager, Wormling? child, <laughs> something like that. Teenager? <laughs> and But it does have this deep kind of sparkly purple color. Just uh, for me and not for Kia, just for uh, um, confirmation. As, um, are there any spines floating above it or around its tail or horns not really attached to it but kind of floating around it? What is that? This is the DM, Dad. Uh, uh, this, this was just for uh, confirmation. Um, okay. It's not what I thought it was. What did you think it was? An amethyst dragon. Gem dragons. Oh, 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 oh. Oh 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 wow (laughs) no it's just purple (laughs) i didn't even think about that you're right that's cool as heck but no it's just a purple dragon okay you're so brainsy (laughs) it is a smaller dragon reaches out tries to attack barrel doesn't work as a bonus action is going to try to slash at the ropes attaching the basket to the balloon (laughs) Hits, manages to hit and take out one of the ropes. You guys, again, feel a little and tip to one side. But it's Beryl's turn next. She's going to rush over on her turn and tie the rope back together. Oh. And you guys are still tilted a little bit because she can't tie it back perfectly. Yeah. And then she rushes back to the wheel as her turn. Okay. So it's your turn again. My turn again. Do your things that you were trying to do? The thing is patched. Right? Yep. Um. And you guys are currently stable. Okay. Again, how far away is this dragon now? Like on the deck. It tried to slash the ropes. <laughs> okay. I'm going to uh, focus on this dragon. Okay. Focus all my energy on it. And next time I hit that, uh, it will take an extra 1d8 force damage. Oh, is that your Zephyr strike? No. What's that? Oh, is that planner your planner warrior. warrior? That's cool. So that's a horizon walker ability. 
Um, I like to think that planar warrior abilities mm -hmm. and your horizon walker abilities, this isn't what technically happened, but we're retconning here. We're going back and making truth. Mm -hmm. I like to think that when Flibbit came through that portal, that crazy portal you'd never seen before, yeah. he came through from wherever, some of that portally magic clung to you. And so you're able to like see portals and and have kind of that planar stuff. Yeah. Because Flibbit's nearby. Woo! I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Uh, okay, now I'm gonna try to shoot it. <laughs> okay, you pull out Mod's longbow. I'm assuming a 23 hits. Very much so. I'm going to pull out my bow and try to shoot it. And I think with my extra uh, planar warrior thing, I think it does the movie thing where time slows down and follows the arrow. <laughs> sweat, a bead of sweat drips yeah. down your fur. Um, so 23 hits. Yeah. Okay. So that is eight force damage plus eight force damage. So 16 total force damage. 16 damage? Yep. Dang. Don't know if the force does anything, but it's technically force damage. It doesn't not do anything. So, um, wow. That was cool. Aha. Uh, you... It goes, like, the arrow kind of spins, does the thing, goes, tink. Right into Did the dragon? Yep. Right into the dragon. Okay. And it roars in pain, and it probably loses a little bit of altitude as it falls a little bit from this hit and uh, you can see it's angry and Beryl goes well that was a heck of a hit kid but now it's just going to be mad and um, effectively speaking with that big of a hit the dragon doesn't have time to come up and do any sort of attacks on the balloon Ooh. but it does flat back up for its turn unless you wanted to move at all I want to move to the other side of the ship. Try to okay. draw it away from mod or er, barrels. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you rush to the other side of the ship, and I think maybe if you'll allow me some cinematic moments, <laughs> you rush to the front part of the ship to get away from what it was. It was coming from the stern, right? And you knock your arrow, and you're. You got it in your hands and your bow. Your bow's drawn back and you're looking towards the stern and you're looking towards the stern. And then you feel the hot breath of a dragon as you do that classic, it's behind you, no. slow turn. And the dragon mm -hmm. flapped up, followed you to the front of the ship. And, oh, why not? It is a little mad and it is a little angry that there's this sky ship in the skies is going to use its breath for the day. Straight down the length of the ship. I think Beryl, as a reaction, is going to open a hatch and let Flibbit fall down it <laughs> so he doesn't get hit. You, oh wait, no, not me. You need to make yourself a dexterity saving throw. As the dragon rears back, opens its purpley mouth, and purple flames shoot down the deck of the ship. 17. 17. For a save. Deck save, right? you and yeah. Beryl saved. And I also rolled. Wow. 46 damage. I rolled three ones and a four. Wow. So seven damage, you take half. Which is Which four? is rounded. Wow. Oh, the possibility. That was very sad. The possibility of 20 and the reality of seven. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay. 
Uh, the dragon is going to stay attached to the ship with that breath attack, and uh, that is its turn. Woohoo! Barrel just, like, goes. I'm probably just like, now my fur is singed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a tiny bit singed. Barrel goes, woo, and flaps her hat in the air, and she goes, all right, hang on, and she's going to flip up her flintlock pistol and fire it at the dragon for a whopping four damage. <laughs> but the main thing is, is that was her bonus action. Boom, fire. And then she takes the flames and everything from mm-hmm. the ship and she cuts them off. And you guys go into a free fall. The dragon's claws holding on. It's flapping up in the air. It's body flipping up crazily as you guys start dropping fast. You're Barrel, having what are on. you doing? Just trust me. And you're holding on to the edge. And the dragon's trying to hold on to the edge. And you guys are falling. And you are in the ship. You are protected from this like wind effect happening mm-hmm. a little bit. You guys are able to hold on. The dragon is flapping and flapping and flapping. And then suddenly it lets go of the ship, hits the balloon, and spirals upwards into the sky. And then the ground is coming closer. You guys are dropping and dropping and dropping. Barrel's like, hang on. Barrel? Hang on. Barrel? And then finally she like activates this big flint lock thing. The fire sparks to life and all these cans of (laughs) chemicals just go... And you guys, with an insanely small amount of narrow window, are able to get the ship slowed down enough. And you probably feel the basket descend a little bit into trees. And then finally it alights itself. And you guys are down low near the ground amongst the trees. You look up and you see the dragon roar in anger. Roar! And it's looking around, and it's looking around, and it's looking around in the sky. And then it roars angrily, and it starts flying off. Wow. <laughs> Barrel's like, man, I haven't had to do that in a long time. You've done that before? I told you the dragons don't like other people up in the skies. The hazards are using the airship. I've decided that I don't like flying when there are dragons around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me neither, kid. And she's like, but on a side note, we're here. And she points over your shoulder off the front of the ship. And you guys break through the trees and you're staying maybe 60 feet off the ground, 50 feet off the ground, (laughs) hovering above a pathway. You break through the trees and you probably see something that I'll let you decide if Kia's ever seen before, but you see the ocean. I don't think I'd ever have seen that before because... I've never really gone on a big adventure. That's true. From Map's Edge. That's true. And so I just say, is that a lake? <laughs> nah, kid, that's the ocean. And you hear the seagulls cawing, chirping, whatever they do in the skies. <laughs> oh, oh, and you hear oh. the waves <laughs> crashing on the shore. And you see a town with docks and there's ships. There's, there's boats in the docks and there's a hubbub. And you also can tell that this town... While maybe not a city, is a pretty large town. Bigger than Map's Edge. Bigger than Map's Edge. And as you guys sail in and set the ship down closer, Beryl lets you off. She grabs Flibbit in her arms, and you guys start making off, and you see the big sign that says, Welcome to Briarport. <laughs> Wait, why do you say it with a, the, uh, with a Texas accent? <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to Briarport. <laughs> And Beryl 
is going to take you to her house. Is it a beach house? It is a beach house. <laughs> and so it ta- you guys walk through town and you see this big hubbub of people, right? And it's not like there's an event going on. It's just people. There are a good amount of them. And you walk through the main strip and you see a couple of shops and stores. You see a couple of food places, things like that. The main one that uh, you see at the end of the aisleway is something that she mentioned. You see the Hawkbeak Inn. <clears throat> and it is this big building and the sign is an eagle's head. Or sorry, a hawk's head um, with its mouth open up and a fish in it. <laughs> And then you see like a general goods store and she leads you through town and she leads you over to the ocean. You see these waves crashing, the sun is setting. It's beautiful. I just say, wow, that is a lot of water. And it's, I didn't really know water could be pretty. Yeah, I love it here. And she leads you up to this slightly out of town, just a little, just a few minutes out of town building and you know in common on the on the front side of it uh you see the the word um university but nothing else Mm. and it's this pretty decent sized little building but there's a bunch of ruins here they're all raised to the ground there's nothing left above the surface but it looked like there was a lot of buildings here at one point there's one little building standing and she kicks the door open and she leads you guys in she kicks it open (laughs) yeah she does that kind of thing and you see this alchemy lab there's vials there's chemicals there's little bunsen burners there's everything a fantasy bunsen fantasy bunsen burners uh she's got kegs of different various things she's got a fire going in the middle and then there's the this pathetic little single bed in the corner uh that fits barrel (laughs) and she leads uh flip it over to the bed and she lays him down and she looks at you and she's like all right well it's getting to nighttime. I'm going to go get us some food. We'll rest for the night after that crazy adventure. And uh, we'll figure out Maud's situation in the morning. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds good. All right. And hey, you're a pretty cool, kid. Thanks for helping me with that dragon. Thanks. And she pats you on the back. And she goes and finds you guys some blankets and things like that. I think, is there like a porch at all? Yeah. Yeah, there's a balcony. I think I'd go out there and just, like, uh, I think I'd probably just go out there and, uh, stare wistfully at the seagulls. Stare wistfully at the seagulls. They're going, Um, and I think then I'd go back out inside and, uh, check on Flibbit again. Yeah, you kneel down next to Flibbit, and I think at about... Oh, let's roll for it. <laughs> I think at about that time, he you kneel down next to him. Maybe you rest a hand on his weird, giant, flump head. <laughs> and he goes, oh, 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 oh. And his eyes, eye stalks open up. His mouth goes, oh. And he looks up at you, and he goes, oh, Kia. You're what awake. in the world was that? Explain that. Oh, the dream I just had. Explain the dream. Well, I was, I was sitting in my cave. I was a small little. It was back when I was like a tadpole. I don't know flumps or tadpoles, but <laughs> we're going with it. I was a little taddy pole, and uh, and uh, I remember feeling like like my first thoughts out in the in the cave, 
and I followed it, and I found this really creepy little rat, and it was, and it was running around, and it was stealing food, and, and I followed it around, and I tried to steal its thoughts, it was really weird, and, and then I remember my parents, and then I remember, yeah, it wasn't a dream, it was like a memory, that's weird. Yeah, uh, that's what the bugs do. Is that what happened to you the other day? Was that happened yeah. To you? Huh. That's weird. Also, I have a question. I might have an answer. What is ice cream? What? Oh. Oh. You've never had ice cream before? No. So what it is, the dwarves taught me this when I was hanging out with them, those the adventurers I yeah. told you about. And uh, you go to the mountains and you find a glacier and you scrape ice off into a tin, right? Uh, yeah. And then you take sweet cream and you pour that over the top. And sometimes you put like berries and stuff in there and then you eat that. That's ice cream. Oh, that sounds actually good. It sounds good. But did you know that flubs and dairy don't mix? They, they don't? Nope. And I had a horrible experience when I was younger and also in that dream flashback I just had. And I remember consuming a little too much uh, ice cream. Mm. And he goes, Bleh. <laughs> Bleh. Oh, God. Ugh. oh, uh, well, I have, I do, uh, there is, there is a treat here that you would like. What do you mean? Where are we? We're in Briarport. Uh, the ocean's out there, and I point vaguely at the wall, uh, and I say, and also, there's a place called the Hawk Beacon that, uh, the person that saved us says there's, they have the best flapjacks in the city. He, he looks up at you, and he says, the best flapjacks in the city? Yeah. Well... What are we waiting for? <laughs> and he tries to get up, and then I think he flops back over because he's still a little delusional. <laughs> and we'll say you spend the rest of the night keeping Flibbit from rushing off to find Flapjacks. <laughs> uh, Beryl comes back with some blankets and pillows and feeds you guys a very, very sad meal of, like, beans and toast. And you can get the vibe that she doesn't have visitors a lot. Yeah. And you spend the evening wistfully sitting on the porch, looking at the waves and the seagulls crashing by. And that's where we'll end our session. Woo! Well, that was an interesting one. Is Flippet Flippet going to sneak off in the middle of the night to go get flapjacks? Maybe. Maybe I'm going to roll roll for it. You roll a perception check, I'll roll a stealth check. Fifteen. A one. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So I think he gets about four feet and then classic flip it. He starts going, and you're like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can say whatever you want. I just say, say, flip it, go back to bed. Come on, flapjacks. In the morning. All right. And he grumbles and he goes back to. I think I absentmindedly just like, uh, bat at the air as like I'm waving <laughs> him away and you guys fall asleep alright you can long rest Woo. and and we find ourselves at the end of the episode Woo. thank you all for listening to another week um, of Dead Ventures uh, we'll be back 
again next time to figure out Briarport, figure out what's going for Mod. Uh, we are going to be doing a... Oh, two things. Oh, wait. I forgot to say. Could have been more exciting. You get your long rest, you fall asleep, and you have leveled up Woo! to level four. Ha, ha, ha. Attacking a dragon does a lot for experience. Well, and the flashbacks, and you've done quite a bit, actually. Yeah. You ran away from a storm. You did all sorts of stuff. Also, we are going to shop off screen, right? Off, off, off mic. mic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kia's going to pick up some items that we'll figure out so we don't have to do a shopping episode, but we'll probably narrate it a little bit. So next time we'll do that, and then we will continue the story to find out what happened to Mod and who these bloodhounds are. Dun, dun, <gasps> dun. Thanks again for listening, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. On. You got to do it with me. Oh, okay. Dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On. Dad Adventurous. There you go. <laughs> so we're doing a shout out for another podcast out there. You guys should go check it out. This one is called Fire Breathing Kittens. Fire Breathing Kittens is an actual play one-shot podcast that plays various tabletop role-playing games with a season-long plot. Because there's a beginning and an end to each week's story, you can start at any episode. Every week has a different combination of four from the same rotating cast group of people. Join Fire Breathing Kittens as they solve detective mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Oh, Ta-da. That's Fire Breathing Kittens. Check them out. Other than that... We'll see you guys next time. On Adventurous. <laughs>